0: You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This network is supported by our listeners. You can become a supporting member by going to archpodnet.com members and signing up. As a supporting member, you have access to high-quality downloads of each show and a discount at our future online store and access to show hosts on a members-only Slack team. For professional members, we'll have training shows and other special content offered throughout the year. Once again, go to arcpodnetcom members to support the network and get some great extras and swag in the process. That's arcpodnetcom slash members. Hello and welcome to the Archaeotech podcast episode 59. I'm your host Chris Webster. On today's show I talked to Acacia Berry founder and creator of Archaeological Analytics about what they do and how they do it. Let's get to it. All right, welcome to the Archaeotech Podcast. As I said in the introduction, I'm interviewing Acacia Berry, founder and creator of Archaeological Analytics today. Um, now, before, possibly before you listen to this episode, or maybe after you listen to this episode, go take a listen to the CRM Archaeology Podcast episode 117. Um, we talked about we talked about this for an hour, and we talked about some slightly different things, uh, a little more. Philosophical, I might say, uh, a little more on the, um, I guess, the CRM business end, and this we're going to try to focus towards a little more the technical end of what RQ Analytics is doing, and how they're doing it. So, Akesha, welcome back to the show.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Good, good. So, why don't you, um, just in case people haven't heard the other episode, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a, a little introduction about yourself, and then we'll talk yes. about RQ Analytics.
1: Okay, uh, so I started my career as a Mayanist um, in undergrad and in grad school. Uh, then I left grad school and wanted to focus more on methodology, which led me to uh, doing more, a lot of work in uh, material analysis. Uh, and I did most of my material analysis uh, work and, and teaching in New York City, um, a lot of it at the Museum of Natural History, Uh, And then a little bit for uh, a few CRM firms and the Museum of the City of New York for Landmarks Preservation Commission's um, digital database. They have a brand, well, about a year or two years old now. Um, So and from there, um, I just within those uh, last six or seven years, uh, I started noticing that it was very difficult to uh, do research on the web, and not just you know uh, general websites, but looking for um, solid visual uh, resources for either identifying artifacts or learning about the history of uh, artifacts or um, production uh, and you know industrial production, anything related to the to to material culture analysis. Uh, so. I decided to, uh, one, create a platform, which ended up being three platforms, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for archaeologists to not only have a safe, vetted place to find legit, professional, legally excavated uh, um, research, um, but also to contribute the research that they have done. Um, as of current, there are very few Outlets for archaeologists to talk about artifacts, which is you know technically our area of expertise. Um, the, you know, CRM has their reporting, but that kind of disappears in SHPO's files. Um, universities, they have their field schools, and that also kind of disappears in who knows is you know, various files and file cabinets. Um, institutions have collections that you know no one ever gets to see, you know because we always hear that. Uh, most museums and institutions only show about three percent of their collection. Meanwhile, a lot of it is behind the scenes. Some of it organized you know some of it catalogued in you know in terms of identifying it, but most of the time not um, so this is um, so this is something that uh, I thought was important and could help us with our own work and also put us out there on the web uh, as a uh, you know, to give us full authorship of anything that had to do with artifacts, archaeology in states, archaeology in Canada, um, you know, so that anyone, whether it's students, researchers, enthusiasts, can, you know, find our work easy, easily on, e- on Google, easily on social media, and, and use it um, to, you know, to support our, to support our, uh, our industry. So, yeah, that's that's how everything happened. Okay. And uh, yeah, I built I ended up building archaeological analytics uh, and then creating two platforms from archaeological analytics uh, to to deal with a lot of those issues, uh, professional outreach as well as public outreach, but all dealing with artifacts, all dealing with imagery, all dealing with um creating a web resource for archaeologists.
0: so we'll have links to all this stuff in the show notes, of course. But um in just like, So you've got the three total platforms, actually, um, like you said. So, so we can talk about these. Give um, I want to hear your your elevator pitch on these. So give the 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 title of one, and then maybe one or two sentences on what it's about, and then we'll talk about it.
1: Okay, no problem. Uh, Archaeological analytics is the home base for everything. Uh, The purpose for archaeological analytics is to find every archaeologist in North America that is active on the web. And it's also trying to figure out how to encourage more archaeologists to be active on the web. Um, Open Artifact is a professional publishing platform for archaeologists to promote, share, and publish their uh, work in anything uh, dealing with material culture. Uh, we accept images, we accept people's uh, reports, articles, anything written about identifying material culture. We have forums for archeologists to help other archeologists identify things. Everything about material culture uh, is, is for, for professionals. Uh, to identify or uh, search for artifacts is on Open Artifacts. And then American, our, uh, American Artifacts is a public outreach platform. And that one supports the archaeologists that I mentioned previously that are active on the web. If you are posting on social media or on blogs or have a website that you update regularly, uh, we try to. Um, Repost uh, any of those blog posts, images, um, Twitter, anything that's related to artifacts, we try to repost that so that um, the public which is a very large public on social media, can (laughs) see what archaeologists are doing on a daily basis. Uh, So this summer was a great summer for us because obviously, you know, everyone's in the field and people are posting amazing photos of their artifacts. And we hope that people continue posting amazing photos of their artifacts um, during uh, during the lab season, basically.
0: Um,
1: This is also a platform for archaeologists to promote any kind of uh, event or fundraising venture uh, where they would need uh, public uh, attention or public support. So uh, it it has, it has various um, various branches to it, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a fun, it's just a fun website. Okay. Cool artifacts.
0: (laughs) Nice. Nice. All right. So let's go back over those real quick. So Archeo analytics, Mm -hmm. um, all active archaeologists on the web. Now, do you, uh, I mean, do you spend a, a certain amount of time of your day on like, uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all these things and, and find people. And then, cause I, I saw that you do have a, a grid, like a resource, so you can, you know, look up somebody or a yeah. company and then find all the platforms that they're on. Um, how, yes. how are you, how are you curating that? Doing, doing it the hard way, <laughs> just basically Ooh. getting all the information.
1: <laughs> it's, well, so, you know, your presence on, on social media depends on how often you are posting. For sure. A lot of times. Um, And so the first wave of contacts that we found were fairly easy because it's and it's about 100 and the same 100 people or the same 100 institutions kind of follow each other. So it was pretty easy to do the first 100, 150 um, accounts, you know, across the board. Um, Then, you know, we were. A lot of what we post on American comes from, you know, our interaction with the initial hundred or so that are on uh, social media. Uh, So sometimes posting uh, all these um, different artifacts and photos and stuff like that from social media draws the attention of other uh, archaeologists that, you know, weren't maybe as active or uh, you know, weren't hashtagging or whatever. Um, and so they pop up. Um, but then we also do it the hard way, which is, you know, Google searching, RPAs, uh, you know, just trying to find everybody who may be on the web in any form, you know, uh, whether it's social media or blogging or, uh, their websites, uh, while we're doing that, we're checking to see, we're, we're actually looking for, um, uh, any kind of uh, trends uh, in the way archaeologists are using the web. So okay. uh, there's a lot of people who have websites, but how, how often are they updating them? You know, what do they look like? Uh, if you look on their website, can you find information such as an email address to contact them? <laughs> can you find information like all of their social accounts? Sometimes they just have their Facebook. Meanwhile, there's an Instagram, but it's not linked, that kind of stuff. Um, If we're looking at blogs, you know, um, there are several instances where a state is extremely organized in terms of how they uh, manage their archaeology. So there'll be multiple stations or multiple uh, branches. Uh, And so are, you know, is each branch uh, contributing to their own blog or are they contributing to one blog? A lot of times you'll have one website for the entire state, but each branch has their own blog. So that's, you know, that's complicated. <laughs> um, and that's interesting. Um, and still, once again, uh, in, on the blogs, are they posting something simple as an email address to contact them? Do each one of these blogs have their own social media? Oftentimes they do. Each branch within a, you know, a state uh, archaeology will sometimes have their own regional um, social media accounts, and some won't. So. Um, just from that, just from doing those, you know, this initial research, you see how fragmented everything is and not everyone is on the same page. Um, and I think one of the reasons why people aren't on the same page is uh, there's a lack of understanding as to how the internet works um, and how important, you know, having an updated website or having an updated blog or, you know, having certain social media accounts are to the you know to what we need to do in this field so uh it's interesting but yeah we're slowly we're slowly gathering this information and arc analytics um is trying to create not necessarily how to guides but um little tips and suggestions to you know improve your web presence in any format if you're you know if you only want to do a website that's no problem but here are ways to you know get more business by simply putting an email address in a very visible place, something simple as that. Um, You know, if you want people to uh, like your comments more or like your images more or like your social media post, you know, something as simple as, well, you know, use Facebook Live or use an (laughs) image or use a video, you know, any little thing like that that can help you for the people that are very active about it or, you know, are, are into it then um, that's what we were trying to provide. For those who are not into it, you know, for those who are very overwhelmed by, you know, all the tech talk, whether it's building a website or managing a website um, or updating social media or even being on social media, this is where the other two platforms come into play. Open Artifact is literally designed as an alternative to building your own database or website featuring the work that you have done, especially when it comes to material culture. Um, uh, American Artifacts is specifically designed for you to uh, post any kind of update that you're, you know, whether, whether it's updates from the field or updates in the lab, any kind of work that you're doing currently without having to, you know, be involved in, in social media, uh, directly. So, um, we're trying to, uh, accommodate as many different learning curves (laughs) as, as, (laughs) as, you know, as there are. And, and it's really obvious that, you know, there's some serious learning curves, um, about, you know, these various things, um, happening on
0: the
1: web. So yeah, that's, that's what we're trying to do.
0: Can people contact you um, to either update their information on your spreadsheet? Because I'm sure once you get people on there, it's, it's really difficult, if not impossible, to go just back and double check every so often, make sure it's all still current. But if people are aware that you're tracking this information, can they contact you and update it? Or if they want to get on there and they're not, can they just send you all their data?
1: Um, So if we have found you, then we send you an email letting you know that we have found you, which is, I guess, kind of creepy, but, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but, you know, like, yeah, we found you and that we've added you to this amazing resource. And the resources itself on uh, archaeological analytics um, will eventually improve so that, um, you know, you can search for archaeologists by state, by institution type and, you know, such, such and so forth. Um, but for right now, we let people know that they're on the list, and then we ask them to add or edit any information that, you know, was not available on whatever format we found them on. Intent, which should be, you know, a little, hey, we don't know what your social media accounts are. That's not right. good. You know what I mean? Like, that that's a problem. Or, hey... You know, you weren't clear about which email address people can use to contact or whatever. Um, hopefully, this will help them realize that having that kind of information available, whether it's on your Facebook about page, huh? Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people leave that one out, you know, or nice. what you're linking on Instagram. In your um, social, you know, in your profile on Instagram, some people link weird stuff, you know, that won't connect to how you can get in contact with them. So little things like that, um, you know, we try to be extremely interactive with everyone that we actually do uh, find Um, and more emails and interactions and stuff like that will be coming out, um, you know, pretty regularly from now on. So.
0: Right. Okay. Well, cool. Um, we're about two minutes from a break, but I think we're just going to go ahead and take it now, um, so we can have a little longer next segment and not be interrupted. And we'll get into uh, we'll get into open artifact, the one I think that this audience will be um, incredibly interested in. So I want to spend some more time on it. So we'll be back in in thirty seconds. Uh, take a listen to this ad, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. This episode of the CRM Archaeology Podcast is made possible by Codify Incorporated. Codify is a California benefit corporation that can help you with your digital archaeological needs. Visit codify.com today to find out how Codify can help you go paperless in 2017. That's www.codify.com. Now back to the show. Okay, we're back. and uh, All right, so we've talked about um, archaeological analytics and in the, in the social media platforms and things like that. Uh, and a little bit about American artifacts, but I think we'll get probably more into that later. But what I want to spend some time on, as I mentioned before the break, was Open Artifact. Um, now, I, I guess first, first let's talk about how somebody gets into Open Artifact uh, and what they're going to use it for. You know, why why does somebody need Open Artifact? And I think actually before that, I want to ask another question. Was your original intent for this? Because I know you've worked on the academic side, you've worked in CRM. Was your yeah honest, original intent for this um, geared more towards the academic side or more towards the serum side or kind of whoever, as long as they're doing archaeology. What was your original thought for that?
1: Both, Uh, because we have the same problem. (laughs) Um, You know, there there will be an artifact that you won't know, (laughs) you won't be able to identify, period. You know, we are only trained to know a very, very tiny portion about a very, very specific subject, right? Um, Whether it's, uh, you know, shell-tempered pottery, you know, in the middle woodland, you know, we can really dive in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so if you find anything outside of that, you know, then what do you do? Uh, And that's really what was the crux of everything. If you find something outside of what you know, then what do you do? Even if you've been in the field for years, there will always be something that you will not be able to identify. And that's okay. But I am for sure that there is someone else, maybe within our city, maybe within our state, maybe within the country that may be able to help. And so Open Artifact was created to be a network of experts. The experts that we already are—it's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. on a on a larger scale, right? Every uh, city—I can't even do state—but every city, uh, for the most part, has their own little, uh, you know, community that they interact with, uh, you know, professionally, um, and you know that kind of expands a little bit when you go to conferences. But you know, we're not talking about uh, daily work at conferences. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking about, hey, yeah, you know, I was going through the collections and such and such. You know, we're not we're not having those conversations. So (laughs) this is a way to have those conversations and get quick answers from each other. Um, And I was also thinking about students. I was thinking about students. I was thinking about volunteers um, that we heavily rely on to do a lot of the quick processing of artifacts. Right. Um, And they are also dealing with the same issue of there's going to be something that won't fit into whatever categories that we've created for that quick processing. There's always going to be something. And so Mm -hmm. there needed to be a central place that handled every type of artifact, every type of material, every type of typology, you know, at least within one uh country well two because canada uh and canada and the reason why i picked canada canada and the us as our focal point is because um obviously we have very similar histories in comparison to mexico mexico has its own um and i obviously used to work in mexico so i know it has its own (laughs) uh world that is a little bit, a lot, actually, especially in the prehistoric part, a very, very different than um, Native American, um, you know, North, uh, uh, U.S. Native American and Canadian Native American right. um, material culture. So eventually, we may eventually include Mexico, uh, but that would be its own big branch. Um, obviously, there will be a lot of Mayan stuff and a lot of Aztec stuff, and I didn't want that to um, over... Um, What's the word?
0: Um like dominate.
1: Outdo Yeah, dominate yeah, the yeah. the the database. Because those, okay. those are the most popular topics, right? If you're gonna talk about uh, you know, archaeology in the in North America, nine times out of ten is gonna be about Aztecs and Mayans. Um and maybe maybe some early Paleo Indian uh, uh material culture. But for the most part, no one really focuses on um Uh, colonial and post-colonial material and 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 prehistoric material that's not points so this is (laughs) right you know this is true so this was a way for everyone to to you know post any kind of artifact whether it was popular or not and this was a way to connect with people who may have studied any kind of artifact, whether it was popular or not. Um, if you studied something as you know, for your dissertation or for your uh, thesis, this is your time to shine. you know, <laughs> if you have you know have a have an amazing diagnostic collection of of, you know, Stemware this is your mm-hmm. time to shine <laughs> you know because nice. right now everyone talks about plates you know or um what's another big one plates bottles those are big uh very few people focus on bricks if you are an expert in bricks, this is your time to shine <laughs> uh, this is also a, a, the other thing I was thinking about was our issues with makers' marks um this is a uh, one of the most important ways or one of the uh, the preferred ways to date historic artifacts, um, mm-hmm. and Maker's Mark research is almost non-existent when it comes to, um, uh, the way we research, or, uh, the, a lot of the literature that comes out of, um, material culture analysis. Uh, and if someone has actually written about Maker's marks. You know, it's almost impossible to find those art, You know, an art, those articles or connecting those articles together with the actual material. So once again, this is a central place for anyone who's ever written or studied anything about material culture. And this will help ourselves as professionals. This will help students. This is a great um, educational tool to help students. Mm-hmm. This is a great educational tool or even just a public outreach tool to connect with um, the public because people love to find stuff that was, you know, that was excavated or built or created in their state. They love it. So, and just from the, the buzz uh, that we get from American artifacts, people love looking for um, any kind of connection they can have with their, with their immediate area. So, um, so yeah, so I was trying to cover as many different, Um, aspects as as i could um just by using an image um an Mm -hmm. image of an artist and and people's expertise in it so
0: so let me uh let me talk about this for a second because i i was thinking of a couple things uh related to this um so first off I like the thought that, you know, this is like a central location because some of these resources, yeah. I mean, these were, there's, there's resources on the web for all these different things, but we have to search 75 different things to find yeah. all the information and having it in one spot, and that's I totally only understand.
1: Are only experts in a very specific thing, right? So they exactly. can't really have a central yeah. uh, website because they don't know everything. You know, that's right. why Dax is Dax. Dax is only, you know, the Southern East Coast slavery uh, um, sites. You know, not even right. all colonial sites, just the ones with slaves. So, you yeah. know, what do you do if it's outside of that bracket? You, your right. stuff just doesn't right. get seen, you know. So and that's, you know, that's great for decks. But, you know, your, your stuff, your, your work should not just not be seen. And so mm-hmm. Open artifacts is a way for everyone's work to be seen and shared.
0: So I guess one of the big questions that a lot of people are probably going to ask um, if they haven't been already on like Facebook and things like that is how if if, I mean, throughout that introduction into Open Artifact, you kept saying it helped us. You know, it's a place for us to us as archaeologists to help each other and do these things. So how how do you make sure or do you or does it matter? Do you care if there's um, just professional archaeologists in this group, how do you keep out people that aren't professional archaeologists that just want to pay for access and then, you know, get their own artifacts ID so they can go sell them on eBay? Um, or do we think that that's not, I don't know, as big of a problem as we think it is?
1: <laughs> well, so there's there's multiple things happening here. Um, yeah. You know, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't, I'm not just focusing on the professional, I'm also focusing on the researcher and the student. Um, Because we have a lot of people, uh, you know, archaeologists can be in various um, types of institutions. Um, And I am trying to uh, create a space for professionals to showcase their work, but to as many people as possible. Um, If you are a student, Like I said, this is a great way to just, you know, even if you're just taking a class, this is a great way to, um, you know, find quick uh, and and reliable research about material culture. Even if you're just doing a Google search as an enthusiast or, you know, even if, God forbid, you are collecting, we don't offer information, you know, our our bread and butter is, or our, our expertise is dating things. And, I, and identifying cultural significance or cultural mm-hmm. context if it's within a site. So I'm not sure how you're able to get a, uh, a value from that. Right. But OK, I guess the date, you know, <laughs> but still, I, you know, it has to, you mm-hmm. know, if, even if it's um, a piece of ceramic that's, you know, the tiniest piece, you know, that's not worth anything. You would need like a full plate, you know what I mean? Like a full <laughs> Intact yeah. plate, yeah. I guess, for it to sell necessarily. So anyone using our information to, um, you know, I'm actually I don't I don't even see the connection of how our information, in terms of context, can be used, you know, in a bad way.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: You know if you're if you're selling things, you guys create that value. You know those yeah. the looters create value. Uh, um, uh, numerical value on things. Um, collectors create numerical value on things. What I was trying to address is um, the, the ranking of those sites, the sites mm-hmm. that do feature collected items, the sites that do feature um, uh, uh, looted items. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. those sites, in some cases, include cultural well not cultural context but maybe historical context and it's very small but sometimes they'll you know give you a little tidbit about what uh, a maker's mark might actually mean or something like that however there's no way of you citing it you know there's no citation about as to where they got that information from there's no way for you to cite Mm -hmm. that particular website um and these are the dominant websites on the web and so my problem you know, I have a problem with that. If we are actually the experts in um, analyzing and, and interpreting material culture, we should, we should have those, pop, you know, our websites should be the popular websites. hmm especially yeah, if absolutely. they're being used as references. And the secret is that most archaeologists are doing quick web, quick Google searches and that's where they're getting their information from. And if you like, you know, start looking at, you know, conference posters <laughs> and you know, you know little things like that, you can tell that they got their information from the web, specifically from those um from those uh dicey uh websites <laughs> and only because they rank so high on google so when you For type sure. in 19th century uh ceram- even something as simple as 19th century 19th century ceramics mm-hmm. the, the, mo- the probably the first page won't be anything connected to any kind of professional archaeologist or a right. collection institution that's a problem so open artifact that's one of our biggest goals is to you know let's bring everybody's stuff together and outrank everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Because the more you, the more content you have, the more uh, uh, in terms of um, uh, uh, the quality of information and the format in terms of images, the better you'll rank on Google searches. And I want our stuff as archaeologists, as professional archaeologists, as as you know legally excavating you know, professionals, (laughs) I want our stuff to be first because it should be. And I, there was a, um, a post I, I put out at one point that talked about NASA. Um, and I always, uh, joke even in the term, in terms of like what doctors would do. Um, oftentimes I see archaeologists on uh, social media post objects that they cannot, they cannot identify and say, Hey, does anyone know what this is? Now, PS, like I said, most of their followers are other archaeologists, but a lot of right. them aren't. Right. And, the, and some of the people commenting probably are not archaeologists, They're probably <laughs> enthusiasts who know a lot about the history of beads, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I always joke and I said, do you ever see a doctor hold up an X-ray and say, hey, guys, does anyone know what this is on social media? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Because that's not what professionals do. Professionals go to other professionals because we're all on the same page in terms of the quality and our work and, in this case, legality. So <laughs> I right. want that to change as well. I want us. That's why, that's why I said Open Artifact is for ourselves, first and foremost. We should be contacting ourselves. Now, the cool thing about Open Artifact is, you know, you have your initial... Group that you are aware of in your city or state, but now you get to open it up to other cities and states. You know of of, of other experts. So mm-hmm. yeah, those are the things that I would like to see change. Um, that uh, you know will eventually affect the quality of our work um, and the survival of cultural heritage in general. You know we need to take it as seriously as NASA does. You know about their about their work, and they don't. They mm-hmm. also don't go to. The, the social, you know, to social media and ask people, like, hey, anybody know what the star is? You know, <laughs> you know, they don't yeah, do that. They yeah. contact each other. So, you know, we should be doing that same thing too. We should have the same standards.
0: Yeah. And it, it would be nice again. The whole idea behind this is central location because some of us do yeah. that on Facebook. Some of us do that on, you know, the closed, the closed archaeology groups problem. on Facebook. Well, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Um, I've done it on Instagram for Christ's sake. It's completely open. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just gave a I just gave a talk at a at a public forum last night about you know how archaeologists should stop glorifying um, glorifying artifacts individually and start talking about um, the context that the artifacts are based in, and um, and and one of the ways to do that is to stop posting images of just. Artifacts on like Instagram or something like that to either identify them or just to say, look at the pretty thing, but give a story behind it. Anyway, that's a whole other topic. But um,
1: and, and American artifacts, like we actually search for those particular kind of posts, posts that yeah. actually, you know. Archaeologists have added a little bit of extra content to that I, you know, would think is 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 interesting for people to see. Um, Mm -hmm. I usually avoid posting or I try to avoid posting unless it's a really cool picture. (laughs) (laughs) I try to avoid posting um, uh, photos on on the blog that, you know, are just like, look at this bottle. You know, I try to avoid Mm -hmm. that Instagram, however, that one's purely for, you know, visual pleasure. It's a cool photo. And there you go. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. that's another thing. But a lot of times the reason why they're not posting or the reason why they're not adding information to it is because they don't know. (laughs) 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 They don't know. Nice. (laughs) Nice. You know, and let's be honest. Like, we don't know and it's okay. but there's someone out there that does know. And that's, you know, like I said, that's that's what Open Artifact is for.
0: Right. Okay. Well, let's, um, and just so our listeners know, we we're going to go a little long on this segment because the app of the day segment, there's just me, so I don't need the full 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> so we'll go a little longer on this one because I got some other questions. So uh, since Open Artifact is obviously heavily image-based, um, mm-hmm. what are, and, and if you want to hear more about like the subscription levels and what's involved with them, go listen to the CRM Archaeology podcast or check out some of the links in the show notes. I don't want to dive too much into that. Um, cause I want to get into the other side of it. Um, since it's heavily image based, what are, do you have, um, I guess upload standards are there size and resolution and format standards for these images to go up? Um, so they can meet some kind of uniformity or, or is it up to the yes. individual?
1: Um, well there the biggest, uh, standard that we have is that it has to be a single shot of a single artifact. Um, because that's, you can't really see anything if it's, you know, 12 pipes in one right. shot. Uh, I'm trying to uh, get people to take a really nice macro or, you know, just a regular shot, something that people can actually see some of the details um, of the artifact. So there's that. Um, Mm -hmm. There are also um, the um, size of the images and the uh, file format. But to me, those are minor. Um, A lot of, right now, the way we have everything set up is that you send us, um, after you pay for a certain level of, uh, subscription, you send us, you know, a bulk file of all your images and a nice, uh, clean Excel, uh, sheet of, you know, linking the images with, uh, you know, uh, specific information mm-hmm. and we will work with you if there's, you know, things that are a little bit off, but I try to make this as easy as possible. Um, In terms of, you know, anyone can take a single shot with either their phone camera um, or their, you know, or a nicer camera, as long as the background is pretty, uh, you know, is either black or white and it's well lit. So, you know, I didn't want people to, to freak out about, you know, it had to be. Uh, you know, HD or anything like that. Right. <laughs> so right. In most cameras right now, like I said, whether it's your phone or tablet or, or actual camera, most cameras are pretty up to standard when it comes to pixels. So, you know, I don't think we'll have too many problems with that. Um, however, mm-hmm. if there is, we'll contact you, you know, personally and say, hey, you have something, you know, other than this image or can you retake it or something like that? Okay. Um, the other. Thing that we're trying to uh, encourage, uh, but only a few archaeologists are doing this right now. Uh, are uploading three D uh, models, and oh, yeah. we're specifically using three D models uh, for our artifact guides. Uh, one of the features of Open Artifact, aside from the galleries of images and the forum, if you have questions um, to ask other archaeologists, are the artifact guides. The artifact guides are basically little quick guides to feature diagnostic or to to show you diagnostic features of commonly excavated artifacts um, and i think the best way of doing that is seeing an artifact in its entirety mm-hmm. uh, you know i.e in 3d uh, and so those um, the few people that are doing them I, i'm trying to reach out that, out to them um, and uh, use those and annotate them link them to you know, regular 2d images, uh, so that people can, you know, easily identify and date, uh, their artifacts. Right. Whether it's a nail okay. or, you know, or a English pipe or, a, you know, whatever. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's, you know, like I said, the 3d thing is, is people are slowly getting into it, but also because it's, it's extremely costly, um, and it mm-hmm. requires a lot of, um, Uh, background knowledge in um, working with the software and, you know, a bunch of other things. So Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, just the regular image I think can appeal to most people because most people take regular images of their artifacts, whether it's for a um, report or, you know, for their website, if they do have some kind of database or, you know, anything like that. So, or they can just take, take them now fairly easily. Mm -hmm. So.
0: Okay. And what about uh, location information? That's always a hot topic is, yes. uh, you know, where's the artifact? What if somebody submits you an artifact and it's got all kinds of, you know, it's got sub-meter GPS coordinates attached to it? <laughs> what um, what do we do about that we and do do that, how do people but- see it? <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, de- depending on the images too and how they took them, I'm wondering also does your process of putting them up on open artifact wash any sort of metadata? Because people will take photos with their phones and things like that. That might be actually a, I mean, I've got a 12 megapixel camera on my iPhone 7 Plus that'll take a TIFF photo that's a really good, high quality photograph. Um, and then it's got, if I want it, all the location data attached to that photo. And I was actually part of a presentation a while back that was being presented to a, um, a company about how unsecure their data is. And they're like, oh, our website's fine, nothing's wrong. And we took images off their right. front page that had location data attached to them of sites and artifacts they had on their home website for their CRM firm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah.
1: So that's one of the, that's part of the service. And I want to be clear. Open artifact is a service. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the images and access to those images are free and open, you know, they're open access, hence the, the name open artifact, but right. the service of, um, you know, dealing with the metadata, a lot of the back end stuff, dealing with the metadata, you know, making sure that they rank properly, adding in the right um, or, or the best terms, searchable terms and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's the part that you guys are paying for. Um, also, size. TIFF files are very big. Um, and so, you know, yeah. I'm trying to or one of the one of the requirements is that it cannot be a TIFF file. You know, P, uh, PNG is preferred jpeg is a little dicey but it's fine um but you know tiff files take up a lot of space and the other thing that you guys are paying for is space um and so there are limitations on how many images uh each uh subscription can submit um and that will change as we uh, grow as the website Mm -hmm. and the database itself uh grows but as for now um yeah uh yeah the one the one thing that I'm trying to explain to people if they're questioning you know why would I want to do this? I can do this myself, it, you know, is something like that. A lot of people don't understand the back end uh, when it comes to posting things on the web, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's for it to be seen or not to be seen. Uh, we are aware of those. Uh, small details, and so this is one of the things that I would like to deal with right away. But also, I want to give people the option to um, add whatever level of locational information they would like. Specifically, some people would like to put the site and the state. That's no problem. Or the site mm-hmm. city and state. That's no problem. If you just wanted to put the city, no, and the state, no problem. But <laughs> at the most is the state. That's it. Um, that's how, uh, that's how American artifacts is, is, uh, organized. It's by, it's by site, sometimes city or state. Um, and I would like to, you know, do the same thing for open. Um, other than that, I do not need depths. I do not need, because that's not, that's not important in this, in this context. Um, we're not doing site contexts. We are only doing You know, we're only using these images to identify and and date other artifacts. Um, So, yeah. Uh, But this is something we we, we will be consistently working on because we're in beta. Um, And hopefully, either by the end of the year or by 2018, we'll have a um, somewhat of a user friendly uploading system. um, Mm -hmm. Where we can possibly vet a little bit better um, some of these issues. So, oh okay. so yeah, we're working on it. We're trying to okay. first we, we got we guys get the first thousand and see what happens. <laughs> so, but yeah, all nice. these things, all these things are very important, and I'm very aware of them because, like I said, I you know I came from CRM. So, mm. um, but yeah, I want I want to give people the option to, you know, to to put as much or as little information as they would like. Um, but yeah. the state, you know, just putting a state is pretty safe. Because most states are very big. (laughs) Um, As
0: as long as it's not Rhode Island or Hawaii. Yeah.
1: Well, oh, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, and like I said, the focus of Open Artifact is not site uh, uh, context. Yeah. It's not. So, uh, for site-specific.
0: Yeah, if we're trying to identify this stuff anyway, um, you know, knowing the state is good for knowing the regional context behind it anyway. So you you can't just throw something up there and And say, tell me all about it.
1: Yeah, that changes the the, the, and we all see the maps, you know, if they want to talk about the Mississippian period, you know, but this particular artifact and the maps are always two or three different colors just kind of blobbed over each other. Right. Well, that changes that issue um, because, you know, not every... City within the state has the same usage of terms, uh, mm-hmm. especially when you're dealing with prehistoric artifacts. Um, not every city or site uses the same um, time period classifications, so those blobs don't help anybody <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and this will kind of pinpoint specifically where you know where things are found, who's using what term, and such and so forth.
0: Okay. Well, we're just about out of time. Um Is there anything else that you wanted to mention about any of these services that we didn't get a chance to talk about?
1: Um, I think the the biggest thing is, you know first, if you are active on the web, please get in contact contact with us um, and you know use use the the tips and resources that we have available to improve your visibility on the web. If you're not active on the web, we have two platforms to, to get you, you know, to get your name out there, which is really good for you as a business. um, Mm -hmm. That, that require little to no work on your part. Um, And that, in, in the long term saves people a lot of time and a lot of money because it costs a lot of money to uh, manage websites and blogs and all this other stuff. And it also takes a lot of time out of people's day. And not everyone has volunteers or students or, you know, a few hours a day to, to do all their social media or, or, you know, update their blog. So if either, either a category, you know, we, we have things for you to help you have um, visibility on the web, which is extremely important in 2017
0: so okay cool well thanks a lot and i hope people um, get a lot out of this episode take a look at the links in the show notes uh, listen to crm mark podcast episode 117 for even more information and we even included a bonus episode in that so if you're a, a subscribing member to the apn um, at one of the two upper levels then you can access that bonus content and hear even more so we've got like almost two hours of acacia berry and Archeoanalytics analytics on oh, the apn what do you think about that? Oh my. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> I
1: have a lot to say. I have a lot
0: to say. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, Thanks a lot, and again, head over to the website. Um, I'm sure she's uh, willing to ask questions, um, active on Facebook and in some of the groups over there. So, um, and and answering questions over there as well. The Archaeo Field Text group. There's a good discussion about archaeo analytics going on that started up yesterday, and uh, and feel free to join in the conversation. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll be back in just a few seconds for the uh, app of the day segment. Thank you. The CRM Archaeology Podcast brings together a panel of cultural resource management professionals to discuss the issues that really matter to the profession. Find out about networking strategies, job hunting, graduate programs, and much more. We'll often feature interviews with college professors, CRM business owners, and experts as well. Check out the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash CRM arc podcast. Let's get back to the show okay welcome back to the app of the day segment and i just want to talk about real quick now this is for um this is for ios uh, but there, there are things like this for android too and i think we need the same things but um well, we don't need, this is just kind of a fun thing, but I wanted to talk about it because there's not a lot of options out there. So what I'm talking about is uh, in iMessages for um, for iOS, you can now use stickers and things to enhance your messages, to, to stick on to messages, to just add as a picture or whatever. And of course, I was looking for archaeology stickers. And the only one I found is from Diggit Games, which I've interviewed them before. And they actually, I respect what they're doing. They have some cool stuff, but their sticker pack um, called Archaeology Emoji Stickers, is, um, well, it's more geared towards their games and that kind of, um, I guess that kind of, uh, how should I say, artwork in the games. It's a little too, I don't know, temple-ish for me. Like there's some temples, there's some idols and things like that. It's a little too just like typical archaeology. I want to see either a CRM archaeology sticker pack or just like a field archaeology sticker pack. I don't know what those are going to be. Probably some dirty nub of a travel. Um, probably a, uh, probably a screen with a broken screen in it, a hole in it or something. <laughs> some worn down shovel, you know, and a half empty glass of beer. I don't know. who, Whatever whatever it's going to be. But I want to see. That's the sticker pack I want to see. So really this app of the day is just a plea for... Everyone to send me ideas. I'm willing to even sketch some of this stuff up. I think kind of fun, like crappy line drawings is exactly what we need. Not like big artistic things, just like, like XKCD style, you know, line drawings of stuff. That's just fun. You can download, um, we either make it 99 cents to support the APN. Um, and then of course, if anybody supplied things, they'd get whatever they wanted. And, uh, uh, yeah, or, or just free because screw it, because it needs to exist. It just needs to be out there. So, um, send me Chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Send me your thoughts and your, your artistic drawings if you want of different things, um, that you wouldn't mind seeing as, a, as an iMessage sticker pack. And I'll do the hard work and figure out how to, how to actually get that on the App Store. And we'll, uh, we'll crowdsource our own sticker pack for archaeology. What do you guys think about that? All right. Short act of the day segment, but we had a really long, um, uh, good analytics discussion, so I wanted to just focus on that and kind of just get this out of the way because it was something I've been thinking about. And I wanted to get off my chest and see if you guys could help me do it. Okay, speaking of stickers, um, man, that wasn't even an intentional segue. Speaking of stickers, we have new stickers for the Archaeology Podcast Network. All of our most popular shows, our most frequently posting shows, have stickers. All the shows eventually will, but I had to choose. I had to choose a certain subset to start with. So. Because these stickers aren't cheap. They're good, high quality vinyl stickers that could, you can put on your clipboard. Hell, you could put one on your trowel, on the handle. You could put one on your water bottle. You could put them uh, on your car, wherever you want. Um, but we've got something like 12 or 13 different show stickers. They're little two-inch by two-inch rounded squares, just like the show Icon. Um, there's one for the APN and one for all the um, the most frequently posting shows. So please go check this out. We also have the CRM pack uh, for uh, the stickers where you get the APN sticker. Uh, if you didn't already have it, the CRM Archaeology podcast, this podcast, the Archaeotech podcast, Women in Archaeology, and Profiles in CRM. And that gives you a little bit of a discount. And I believe it's $20 for all the stickers, which which gives you like three or four dollars off, so that's not too bad. So, get your sticker pack, help promote the Archaeology Podcast Network, and uh, and get the word out there about the things that we do and the things that we love in a in a educational and ethical way, not in a History Channel way. So, anyway, thanks a lot, everybody, and we'll be back next time. Thank you. That's it for another episode of the Archaeotech Podcast. Links to some of the items mentioned on the show are in the show notes for this podcast, which can be found at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash If you like the show and want to comment, please do. You can leave comments about this or any other episode on the website or on the iTunes page for this episode. You can also email us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com or use the contact form on the podcast webpage. If you'd like us to answer a question on a future episode, email us. Use the contact form on the website or tweet your questions with the hashtag archaeotech or tag at archpodnet in your tweet. Please share the link to this show wherever you saw it. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. You can also type the name of the podcast into your favorite podcasting app and subscribe that way. Don't forget to go over to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It helps us get noticed so more people can find our podcast and benefit from the content. Also, send us show suggestions and interview suggestions. We want this to be a resource for field technicians everywhere, and we want to know what you want to know about. This show is produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle and was edited by Chris Webster.